This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. Winning Plays Podcast is back because the KD rumors just never stop at this point. My name is Brian Robb. Very pleased to be joined today once again on the, the pod by Tim McCone of 98.5 Sports Hub. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Tim. Is it Tim underscore McCone? Did I buy that right? Yeah, at Tim underscore McCone. Yep. Yep. So him up there, one of the best falls out there uh, for dry humor on Twitter in the NBA sphere. Um, Tim, I know you really, you're going to really be digging deep into Patriots preseason game tonight. So I want to give you a breather. Trust me. I greatly appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, we've had quite the, the influx of reports, scuttlebutt, uh, all sorts of things in the last couple of days here. We talked about, the KD trade in the pot earlier this week with um, BJAX, but um, just a lot has come out here in the last 48 hours and a lot of it's old news, but some of it I think is noteworthy on a variety of fronts. So I'll start to you here. What's what stood out to you the most out of the, the stuff that's leaked out in the last 48 hours here? What, what, uh, what catches your eye here? Yeah. I mean, we'll start with the Shams report, right? And, and obviously the meeting with Joe Sai in, uh, in London where he kind of lays out, Hey, you either trade me or you, uh, you move on from Steve Nash and um, and Sean Marks because that he doesn't have faith in Sean Marks' ability as a general manager in the direction of the franchise anymore. And look, uh, I'm probably going to take a different path when it comes to Kevin Durant and the, how I want to see the situation end than, than most Celtics fans. But that being said, uh, it's not lost on me that, hey, Kevin, you wanted this coach. Like, you got rid of <laughs> Kenny Atkinson when you first got here. And, hey, guy, like, you're the one that wanted James Harden and some of these moves that were – like, you have been the GM. You have been leading the direction towards this organization. So, like, the fact that you've suddenly lost faith in, in two guys that were kind of not necessarily handpicked for, from Sean, uh, Sean Marks, but you handpicked this organization because of what they supposedly were doing, got that coach gassed halfway through that year, and then Steve Nash came in. So uh, just bizarre comments, I think, all the way around uh, from Kevin Durant. And, and again, a brutal spot, man. If you're the Nets, like, I don't know. That there's really no way you could have avoided, avoided this. It's just a, it's a, it's a brutal situation. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt that, that they are. It's comical, the situation they're in right now. And you could point the finger in any direction and um, make a case for it there. But I'll, I'll throw this at you for the KD thing. How much do you think? I agree it's a terrible look for him to do this, but how much is this a calculated move by him being like, listen, I really got to muddy the waters right now. And like, if they're thinking about holding, like holding on to me and making me come to camp, I really got to make things as awkward as possible. I'm going to go scorched earth. And if you're another team, if you're the Celtics or another team, do you judge that? Like, do you actually, how much would you put into that being like, okay, this is not a great look versus, okay. He's trying to like really put their feet to the fire here. And like, we're really not going to judge him much just based yeah. off of this part of it. Look, again, I think it's a tough situation too, because, you know, obviously the reports come out that, you know, the Celtics are now on the list of a place where we want to go. And I just, I don't know how you believe that, right? Like if you're Boston, is that just a situation where, yeah, let's just say whatever, get out of Brooklyn and then we can figure it out from there. You know, I don't know if suddenly Boston is that super, um, you know, that super desired destination for him. And then, you know, I was on a couple of nights ago and we we're having this discussion too, and it's not, it's not really a situation like the Kevin Garnett one where you can say, hey, it was, if we could just meet with him and kind of get his vibe uh, on, on where he stands with Boston, we'd feel a lot better about this. Like He just signed a four-year extension with Brooklyn last year and now already wants out. So, like, what 
I, I'm not sure what assurances you could get from the Kevin Durant camp that would suddenly make you think that 12 months from now, he's not going to suddenly want out of where he's at or not like the situation that he's currently in. So, yeah, I mean, look, when it comes to Durant, I don't think on the court, by the way, and this isn't a hot take, he's unbelievable. I think he's probably, what, the second best player of the last 15 years, maybe the third best. Um, so uh, I'm not taking anything away from on the court, but right now I think my only concern would just kind of be some of this off the court stuff and the way that he's handling this situation in Brooklyn right now, because clearly it's uh, it's it's not super effective. Yeah, I, there's no doubt in my mind the one – X factor on that front is Ime Odoka with like the Durant. Like you, if you don't have Ime Odoka, a guy who knows Durant well, who coached him for a year, who clearly still has a relationship with him in place, like then this is not even a discussion. Yeah. But since you have the guy that you have a connection there, you have someone who can vouch for him one way or another and say, listen, yeah, I know it looks like it was a mess for Kevin in Brooklyn. There was a lot of stuff behind the scenes there that wasn't his fault that he's rightfully pissed off about. Like we get him here. We have a, a system, we have structure, we have the right talent around him. Like it can, it can go like, he's not going to ask out of here in, in 12 months. If I'm, if I'm coaching him like that's, I feel like that's some form of that has to be happening behind the scenes because otherwise the Celtics wouldn't be, you know, dangling, even, even entertaining dangling a guy like Jalen Brown for him. Yeah, no, no, it's a good point. And look, I think it also comes down to in terms of if the Celtics really want to do this and, and Zach Lowe is really the first one that I saw that laid this out. And I think he laid out in a good ways. How close to repeatable do you think last year was for the Boston Celtics? And I think that there's two ways to look at that, right? Like obviously, you know, all right, you were two wins away from an NBA championship and you added two pieces that could potentially put you over the top, or you can be in the camp of, all right, you were down to Milwaukee. They didn't have their second best player. You were able to come back. Then you were down to Miami. Um, you know, you won three road games. You were Jimmy Butler three away from getting bounced in the Eastern Conference Finals again. So is it, you know, are, where's the separation right now in the Eastern Conference for you? Have you kind of taken that next step to be that true finals team? Or is it more of, and again, not taking anything away from the Celtics, but did the path just kind of open up for you a little bit there? Uh, in terms of some of the breaks and, and some of the way that those series went. By the way, on that front, I, I watched the last three minutes of the Game 7 against the Heat, by the way, again, and you forget just how close it was to being really, really bad. Uh, really like, bad, Really, really, yeah. really. Like, <laughs> like I just like, I think NBA actually posted the final. If, if you want to have a, give yourself a, if you're a Celtics fan, want to give yourself just a scare, you know, go watch the last 245 of that game, which NBA is, is posted in this entirety, and it's like, wow, this was even like the possessions, everything was just like the perfect. Because they had it won. I mean, they right. had it won, and so then, and then you're what, like you said too, and then it's like, wait a second, and then I, I remember watching with my buddy, and I'm like, kind of joking, and then I'm like, wait a second, this isn't really a joke anymore. That they might be in some trouble oh. here, and then I was convinced Jimmy Butler, the way that that the, those last couple of games with Butler went, like I thought that three was going in, and that was going to be ball game, which would have been totally devastating i think the other thing that you have to take like take into consideration and if he makes that way, shot too it's like is this deal a no-brainer like questions yeah. like that like well and that's the way i look at it and that's why we you know i've just hammered kevin durant for the first like 10 minutes of this podcast but if i'm the boston celtics i, I make this deal i really do I, I'm, I'm pro bringing in durant just because offensively you kind of saw some of the struggles there in some of those series at the end of games and i think durant solves a lot of those issues for you moving forward and so yeah i mean is this 
you know, would it be a lot more special to kind of win with this group that's that's homegrown and that is easy to root for than than a hired gun that's kind of shot his way out of a couple of different places and, and then also left Golden State? Yeah, absolutely it would be. But the ultimate goal is to win a championship, and I think Durant gets you closer to it. Yeah, and I think that there's clearly people in the Southern front office that agree with that standpoint in terms of like, do we have to, we wouldn't be being fair to the organization by not investigating this. Yeah. Particularly with the trade landscape that's out there. And some of that came more clear in the last, you know, week or so with these latest reports where, you know, Ian Begley of SNY um, reported, like I said, the Celtics being a preferred destination, the Sixers were thrown in the mix there. And then Choms from earlier in the week, you know, our two teams that we knew were kind of lingering in Toronto and Miami. And so those are all Eastern Conference teams. So I think part of the calculus here, too, if you're the Celtics, is like, okay, you know, what we obviously, we want to rain at the right price, but are we also serving as like, all right, if we pass on this deal, is Durant going to go to a place where they become, you know, are, you know, a better than us as currently composed? And, and that's, I think that's, again, a reason to get involved, too. And at the very least, it's drive up the price yeah. because um, that's that's what happened with Kawhi a couple years ago. That's happened. You know, a lot of guys have been going to the Western Conference. But this is something where if you're in your prime right now with the, the, the eyes on this roster, like having another super team form in the East is a is a big point of concern. No, and I think that's a huge calculus, too, that you have to take into consideration, like when when, when you're having these discussions, and I think it's something that a, a lot of fans don't think about either, is that, all right, so if you don't wind up with Durant and then he suddenly winds up with a Miami that's able to keep some big pieces involved there as well, that changes the landscape. Because right now, I, look, and, and I know we're talking about a Jimmy Butler 3. I'm still convinced from a talent perspective, the Celtics blow Miami out of the water. I, I really, truly believe that. And those veterans... Especially after continue. this offseason, like yes. P.J. Tucker, like they, yeah. they lost a... They didn't yeah. add anyone this offseason. But if you add Kevin Durant to a, a core of some of those players that are still around there, that changes things. Certainly. I mean, if the 76ers are able to get involved and build a core around some of those places like that, that that's a place that I think really kind of shifts and changes the landscape uh, of the Eastern conference. And again, I just think that right now, yeah, I really like this Celtics team is currently constituted. I'm not saying that you don't have an opportunity to win a championship if you don't make this move. But again, I, Outside of the Jalen Brown, will, will he sign the extension? Will he not? I just, be Rob, you've seen, you've seen teams emerge where you think the run is going to be longer than it is, and ultimately, I think it's pretty obvious that your championship window is never as long as what you think it's going to be. So I don't like the argument of a, all right, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. If you have those two guys, then like the next eight years, you're going to be in the mix here for championships. And when it's Durant, it's only two or three years. I just something weird's going to something funky is going to happen. And that window is not going to be open for eight years for the Celtics with those two guys. I just, I find it hard to believe, especially in today's NBA that that's the case. So yeah, I try to maximize my window in the next two to three years. And I bring in again, you know, a guy that averaged 30 a game last year was super efficient. And I think not only was the sample size like way too small in that postseason, but what he was dealing with from teammates. And then also, I don't think he was as bad as people made it, make it out to seem towards the end of that series uh, against the Celtics too. I think that kind of has clouded people uh, a little bit here as well, because Kevin Durant, make no mistake about it. If healthy is a stud, it's not just like an all-star caliber player. You're talking about the elite of the elite in the NBA. Yeah. People have definitely underrated just how 
good he is in the course of the conversation, especially last year of like in the playoffs. I mean, he was, and this is part of the calculus, obviously coming off the injury, um, yeah. the, his knee situation, which and playing like 45 minutes per game to even get Brooklyn in the postseason. But it's like, yeah, okay. If you're going to run a guy into the ground coming off an, an injury, he's not going to look as great yeah. against the top flight defense. But if you, if you have the, the system and the the depth in place to say, okay, Kevin, guess what? You're only going to have to play like 33 minutes a night here. And you're not going to have to carry the offense all those 33 minutes. And, and be, you're going to be able to take back-to-backs off when you need to. Stuff that he didn't really have the luxury of doing last season in Brooklyn, that you'd have to think would just expand or extend what type of career he could have in the first place. And again, I just go back to the postseason and especially that Miami series towards the stra- towards the end of those games and they're just blitzing Tatum and there wasn't really uh, an answer offensively once they were kind of forcing the ball out of Tatum's hands. I think that changes obviously dramatically if Kevin Durant is in the lineup. And that's not to say, by the way, that there aren't risks. Like we laid him out before, by the way. This is a guy that's shooting his way out of a place where his contract extension hasn't really like, even begun yet. And it's a guy that now is saying that you know, he wants the GM and head coach publicly. He wants them fired, which is, I mean, I, I mean, you do that all the time. If I've seen you, like if your bosses, Tim, you just go in there and you're like, yeah, I want these guys out or uh, right. I'm out of here. And it's worked. Yeah. It's worked for you. It's, so it's yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No, it's just, it's, it's crazy. It's the guy that hits his wagon, obviously to Kyrie Irving. We know how that went in Boston, but again, man, I'm just a, I'm a sucker for talent. And uh, I do think that you can make it work here. And if you pair Tatum and Durant, I think you're a clear-cut favorite uh, in the NBA, and I think you have a a, a better than good shot at, at taking home a championship if everyone uh, if everyone stays healthy. All right, I want to get into the other teams reportedly in the mix here and how the Celtics offer stacks up against them here. Um, first, we're going to hear from our sponsor, Bet Online, which is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first-to-market odds and lines. You can find reviews and news from every league. NBA, MLB, NFL, NHL, combat sports, esports, even golf. BetOnline is your top online resource for all sports info, live and game, game, game betting, props, and futures. So head on over to BetOnline today. Use your remote device and make yours for sports bet. Use the promo code CONS50 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Philly is a new team, supposedly in the mix here. And I don't even know if they're in the mix, but they're... Durant is, you know, sees them as a possible destination, which says, I guess, they're in the mix here. Does, is a Maxi like, Tobias Harris in bunch of draft picks type package, is that actually alluring to Brooklyn at all? Or do you feel like that's just, like, a meh, like... Yeah, I mean, that doesn't blow me away. If I'm giving up Kevin Durant, that, to me, is not a package that's... That's enough. It's like, what is Maxi? Max, I mean, right. he, it's nice he's on his rookie contract, which is great. Yeah. Um, is he's he a nice player. He's a nice player. He's a nice player. It's like, it's someone who you like a year ago, you're like, ah, that's no way. Now it's like, okay. He's right. like, you know, clearly, but like, is he ever going to be a one, two, or three on a championship team? Like, uh, like that's where you're like, what do you, you need to get someone you can kind of build around. And I'm not sure Maxi's that guy. No, I mean, and if you're talking about a, a, a package for uh, Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart, you know, and picks or something like that, to me, he falls much closer to like the Marcus Smart level player in that deal yeah. than a Jalen Brown. All right, this is our all-star that we're going to build around moving forward to me. And it, so, no, I'm, I'm with you like that package and Tobias Harris. Uh, 
That's whatever. essentially salary filler. Yeah, like exactly. Uh, and then it's and a bad then the contract. Picks. The picks. I mean, again, we can see this thing go south with James Harden's situation. There, we'll see what <laughs> happens. But um, no, I, that to me, if I was if I was running Brooklyn, that would not be the package that would be uh, really right. even under consideration. Right. Yeah. And they already. I mean, Philly, I believe, already traded some picks to Brooklyn in the Harden deal. You yeah, know, that's a, good a point few too. months ago. So they yeah. probably that their cupboard is not uh, nearly as full as it was. I mean, it would just it would be absolutely from a from a hilarity perspective to have Harden and Durant reunited Re- yeah, again like months later. Time. And then, yeah. but the same time that is in my mind, that like that'd be worst case scenario for the Celtics. Be like, you have Harden, Durant and Embiid. No, I mean, that, that would terrify me. I mean, I, I think that would change the landscape of the Eastern Con. Like that would be a team that I would be very concerned about. And look, uh, make no mistake about it, by the way, like when you talk about that Brooklyn locker room, I mean, the Simmons stuff is, is has been it's crazy for over a year now with, with what, everything that went down in Philadelphia. Uh, so I'm sure he wasn't a pleasure to be around. Uh, Kevin Durant, not exactly the happiest guy, it feels like, uh, in the NBA. Uh, but Kyrie Irving stands above both of those guys. Right. Like I'm Steve Nash, man, the thoughts and prayers to him because that that is not a fun – you might think he sucks as a coach. Fine. Deal with all three of those guys and then mix your James Harden there and there at times on a day in and day out basis. Yeah. Like, I, why would you want to coach if you're Steve? Now, yeah. I would like, why, I would want no part of it. I'm all set with, I don't need this in my life. I'll yeah. be on a beach for 20 years after this. Oh, oh is, my God. His job is in Brooklyn. Just crazy. <laughs> especially if they don't end up training Kyrie and he has to yeah. uh, deal with that for one more season. But yeah, I agree. So, like, the Philly, I think, is worst case, but given the, and that's a situation where it's like, that only becomes a viable option if, the, if there's like nothing else yeah. out there for Brooklyn, which I don't think they're going to get to that bottom of the barrel. So beyond that, I look at Miami and we, you know, we don't have to get into the complications of like, they can't trade BAM with Ben Simmons. There's a lot of moving parts. If you're, if you're not trading BAM, I don't think you have a competitive offer. I think I'm with you. I think with the, with the Simmons situation and not being able to do that, it's kind of a non-starter for me for any package that Miami could offer. I'm with you on that. Right. You know? Toronto is a scary team. Toronto is yeah. like the real team where they have not only do they have enough talent conceivably even without scotty barnes to to top a celtics offer that would include jalen brown um you have the coach already in nick nurse and enough talent left over there where it's like okay you have durant and a solid nucleus of talent in the right system already um that's going to be probably on the same tier as you and milwaukee yeah. If uh, they somehow get a deal done. Yep. No, I, I'm with you. There's uh, enough there on that roster, like you said, uh, to put together an attractive package uh, that you could build around. And obviously, if Scotty Barnes is involved in that deal, um, you know, that's a huge win there uh, for Brooklyn as well. So, yeah, I would be Toronto is a team I would definitely be concerned about if I was Boston uh, and trying to match uh, that package, whether or not uh, Toronto, I, what their confidence level would be in like a, a satisfied Durant that would be willing to play there long-term. I guess that's something that they'd have to evaluate. That would probably give me a little pause if I was, uh, if I was Toronto. Yeah, that would be those conversations. I assume, I assume anytime, whatever this road goes down, like the Brooklyn is going to green light those conversations to be had because yeah. that's going to maximize the return. Like they, yeah. they're going to want to have that team feel like, Yep, we feel good about this. So here's that those extra first round picks, or here's those you know the extra couple players that we would be hesitating to uh, give up otherwise. But all right, so 
draw a line in the sand. Let's find this. this. Like, where's your line on in the sand in terms of um, the trade package? If you're the Celtics here, if you're still, this is a waiting game right now. They, they're in, they have no sense of urgency here. They could easily say, you know, we're good. Like we don't, we, we, we can see the market right now. We see these leaks and we, we know that, um, you know, you're not getting a better player offered to you as of right now, other than Jalen Brown. So like, yeah, we're not going to, you know, go head over heels, including more picks or more talent outside of, you know, a guy like Derek White, which is a, another fine player who has a decent contract. So like, yeah. but push comes to shove when, if one of these other teams steps up or things get, you know, the sense of urgency goes up, like where, where, how far do you go? Like where, where are you, uh, where are you drawing the line? Yeah, so Jalen Brown picks, obviously, uh, and then uh, Derek White would be a, an ideal package uh, if you're trying to land them. Uh, How many picks are you going? Are you going like two, three? Are you emptying the cupboard? Or are you leaning like, all right, I'll give you two? Yeah, I would do, I, I mean, like two picks and a pick swap, maybe. Yeah. You could probably convince me, something like that. Okay. I mean, I just, I get really nervous when you start to go crazy, like, you know, it feels like a lot of these trades, it gets to a point, whether it was like the Clippers deal and stuff like that, where they just don't care anymore. And they're like, yeah, whatever, just keep taking it. And then you like look at like what Houston has with the Brooklyn situation now. And it's like, yeah, that's if things do go south, you're like <laughs> really like if you if you go like five picks and like two, two picks or whatever it is, it's a disaster. So some cautionary uh, tales out there. Uh, no, for sure. For sure. I also think, I don't know if you saw the John Hollinger thing in the athletic, but I thought it was interesting where like, if you are the Nets and you don't like any of these packages, you know, the worst thing in the world wouldn't be if Durant held out because this, this year is a, a pick swap with Houston. Right. If the Brooklyn tanks, right. You're still going to get a bet. Like Houston's gonna get, not going to be good either. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like at least you would get a good pick this year to kind of help the, with this like reset a little bit, which I thought was a, a kind of an interesting, an interesting take on things. If things go, uh, if things go continue to go South here uh, for them, or they don't have a package that they, that they truly fall in love with. Um, to me, Robert Williams is the non-starter. Like yeah. I, and if you, if you try to include Robert Williams in it, no, absolutely not. I'm, I'm not touching any of that. And then, um, you know, the Marcus smart stuff certainly makes things uh, a little tougher. I just, he's a, he's a really nice player. Uh, but if you've got other options, like a Derek white, then remaining on the roster, uh, you, you can convince me to give up Marcus smart, uh, as well. But Robert Williams is the, uh, I guess that's the line in the sand where if, if you're trying to, to get a package of Jalen Brown and Robert Williams for me, uh, it's absolutely not going to happen. You wonder in the calculus of them acquiring Brogdon, which happened very early in free agency, like how much in the back of their head was like looking at the Durant situation, being like, okay, we have, we yeah. have depth options now. Yeah. If we want to go down that road, I'm not sure. Like, obviously, whether they did or did not want to go down that road at that point. Yeah. It's not clear, but at least it gave them, I mean, their depth in the backcourt now is pretty, I mean, you have Payne Pritchard's not going to have, He's going to be fighting for to get on the floor. Yeah, on most nights when everyone's healthy, so yeah. you have pretty good, pretty good depth there to obviously withstand a loss of one of those guys, and you know not, not taking a huge hit. No, it's 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 impressive the depth that they have for sure, and again, that's kind of the reason why I'd be willing to move on from Marcus Smart. I look, I, I know that there are some people that are like, whatever, just do it. I, I think you'd have to think long and hard about it if you didn't have that depth because Marcus Smart, I do think. I, I am a believer in like winning plays and kind of that championship DNA type stuff. And I think his game does, uh, you know, put you in that direction and does make a difference. But 
when you're talking about Kevin Durant and adding him to your roster, uh, that that to me can't be the difference maker, especially if you have guys like Derek White, Brogdon on, on the roster that can kind of fill that fill those gaps a little bit. All right, it's August 11th, over under two months. Kevin Durant being traded, what are you taking? I think it's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's going to wind up in Boston. And okay. Do I have any inside sources with that? <laughs> Absolutely not. Trust <laughs> me, I do not. Uh, but it just doesn't feel like it's it's going to happen. Again, I would make that move if I was the Celtics. Um I just don't think ultimately Brad Stevens and those guys are, are going to pull the trigger uh, on this deal. So I, I don't think he winds up uh, with, with the C's. Um, I don't know what the Toronto, I guess would probably make the most sense. I mean, do you think golden state ever gets, would ever get involved in this again? I don't think so. not at this point, not when you're coming, it's when you're coming off a title and they have already, I think Bob Myers spoke publicly saying like, we kind of want to run it back, like not addressing it head on, but like giving those yeah. kind of indicators. I think you just you say you know we're the Warriors like we we did this without him here and this yeah. would be because like yeah if you talk about a package that could blow the Celtics out of the water I mean oh yeah they could the, they could the, put up yeah. all the their their lottery picks and then Wiggins yeah. and um yep. and and that could give top to bottom might be the best thing they can get but that's like what if you're the Warriors you're like hey, like we yeah, don't we'll, we don't need to we'll do that we won like. And the same thing, if the Celtics won the title, I don't think this is like a discussion either. No. So now, so. but they, they didn't. And so you have to, and they, like you, you mentioned very well, like they benefited from a few lucky situations in the course of their playoff run. So, but at the same time, they were easily the best team in the Eastern Conference for the second half of the season with the best starting five by a mile. No, um, no doubt. And then, if, if it's a healthy Robert Williams in the postseason. You know, does that change things and kind of the outlook of those series? Absolutely. But I also look at it and say, all right, well, Milwaukee didn't have Chris Middleton. And it's not like you ran through the Eastern Conference and it was like, all right, sweep five games, you know, five games, and then you get to the finals. It was, I mean, that was a slog there. And, and obviously there's going to be some some growing pains with, it, with a younger team where it's kind of officially built around, you know, Tatum and Brown for the first time. And so, yeah you take some lumps and and maybe you grow from that a little bit here moving forward. But again, there were just some things towards the end of some of those games where I think that like Kevin Durant solves a lot of those issues for you. Uh, and, and would clearly act to me be a difference maker for the Boston Celtics. If they want to take that next step and truly kind of separate themselves from the rest of the Eastern conference. Cause uh, again, the reason I make this move on Boston is just because I don't think there's enough, separation even with the two additions and i i love the brogdon uh acquisition uh by boston i really do but i i, I still i think when you get to the postseason like going up against milwaukee i don't think that's a slam dunk like the celtics are absolutely going to win that series to me if you add durant it's a lot closer to that and i'm feeling a lot better about it uh moving forward do you have any wild card team that you think could emerge from the shadows here and actually like a new orleans or I feel like a team like a Denver is interesting because you have like, yeah. but as you, we've heard nothing from these, which makes sense. If you, if you're one of these teams and you're lying in the weeds, you might have, you know, wait, you want to wait things out and then kind of just get something done quietly. So you don't have this out leaking, like, you know, obviously a bunch of these teams do. Yeah. The New Orleans one's really interesting to me too, because I actually, that's a fun, exciting team. And I didn't even play last year uh, in the postseason, Right. And so when you add uh, McCollum and it felt like they kind of took a, um, uh, took a step forward. I like some of their young pieces uh, on that roster. So that's certainly to me, 
could be a difference maker. Like you mentioned, Denver, I think certainly has enough assets there where if they wanted to get involved, uh, they could too. Um, other than that, I don't think there's any other Eastern Conference team that makes a that makes a ton of sense that we haven't mentioned. And him going out west uh, to me, like I, I think Phoenix, I think is out of it now. Yeah, uh, obviously at this point, I don't think they're they're, they're uh, going to be a factor. So yeah, it'll look, I think one of the reasons why maybe if you look at it and kind of go away from what I said, like who's really left that has as an attractive a package as the Celtics do, if that's what's actually on the table. Like if Jalen Brown's on the table. Is there actually going to be anyone that gets involved that's able to beat that? Maybe not. And maybe that's why it ultimately does get done from the Celtics because the Nets just go, all right, this is clearly the best that we're going to get. All right. That's Tim McCone. Make sure you're following him on Twitter at Tim underscore McCone. Um, he'll be on the hub lots and lots during August time. Lots yeah. and lots of daytime, nighttime. If you're turning on the dial, you're probably going to hear Tim McCone at some point. So make sure you check him out there. A lot of um, load management going on in 98.5 <laughs> during August. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, the the bench needs reps and the G uh, League, so the they G can have been called up. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. No, Tim's on all the time, regardless. So make sure you're you're finding him there. Um, rate review, subscribe to Link Place Pod. We always appreciate it. We'll be back with you guys next week uh, to follow the latest in this Durant soap opera and whatever else we get in the NBA doldrums. But as always, thanks for listening and thanks for coming aboard, Tim. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. You're up.